Okay, the shorthanded Pelicans beat the Dallas Mavericks. I'll explain how they got this win after getting blown out the night before by the Denver Nuggets. Plus, it's time for Jordan Hawkins to get more minutes. It's a live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all, it's a Saturday night right after the Pelicans beat the Dallas Mavericks, a shorthanded Pelicans team, unexpectedly getting that win here and... Yeah, that was uh, pretty cool, kind of unexpected because that looked like a schedule loss. We'll break down why the Pelicans were able to get this victory one night after getting smoked by the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets, they played their starters against, didn't in this one. What was the difference? We'll explain it here. Plus, we're going to talk about Jordan Hawkins, Jonas Valanciunas, some of the tactical things you saw from head coach Willing Green in this one. It's a lot to cover. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are the number one Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, covering the team like nobody else does, whether it's trade targets. We've looked at those really uh, recently, whether it's the X's and O's, and we'll get into the defense and why they've played so well coming up this week. This will count as the Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans as well. They have a game. We'll post a show on Monday afternoon, a little bit later after, again, playing the Dallas Mavericks. But let's get into... Oh, wait. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical here as well. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right. Let's get into this game here because this was a big win by the Pelicans. Look, they, they bucked the traditional strategic tactical thinking in the NBA of if you're going to rest your starters, you rest them against the team you're likely going to have, kind of need them for. In this case, it would be the, uh, the Denver Nuggets, the better team. And then you play them against the worst team. And we knew that Luka Doncic wasn't going to be playing in this one for the New Orleans Pelicans. And they risked it, right? They played them against the Denver Nuggets, lost by a lot, didn't play them in this one, leading to a potential for them to lose. You could have gone 0-2 during this instead of going 1-1. 1-1, given they bucked the traditional wisdom, is actually a really big deal, in my opinion. If they had lost this game, that would have been what I would have been leading the show off with being like, should they have rested them against the Denver Nuggets, played them here against the Dallas Mavericks. And luckily because they played so well and we'll break down why they played so well and who played so well. And we'll also look at the game against the Denver Nuggets. You don't need to worry about that. So sometimes the, the analysis is, you know, hindsight is 2020 here, but the Pelicans played really well in this game. First and foremost, they showed up. Now, the Dallas Mavericks do this, 
when they play a shorthanded team, they don't often show up. They have two losses to the Memphis Grizzlies like this, and now this one to the Pelicans here, where honestly, they probably had more talent out there on the court. But the Pelicans executed better, played significantly better in this one, and they did it without Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and Trey Murphy. That's three starters and arguably four of your best five players four of your best six players for sure. And then they went out and I want to say clobbered the Dallas Mavericks, but really kept them at arm's length for much of the second half, particularly after that big third quarter. Third quarter has been a problem for the Pelicans throughout the year. However, when you win it 39 to 27, that's definitely going to be able to get it done. And the Pelicans just did such a good job in this game of executing right? You had standout play. Jordan Hawkins, 34 points. That's a career high for him. We'll talk about him more coming up in the next segment of this episode of Locked On Pelicans. You had a great game from Dyson Daniels, right? You had Larry Nance Jr. off the bench look fantastic. You had Jonas Valanciunas doing work against a smaller undersized team, but everyone was just working together. And you see it in terms of some of the numbers here, right? They had 29 assists on 39 made baskets. That's That's an incredibly high percentage. I think every shot throughout the first quarter was assisted on. I might be a little bit off on that. The numbers haven't updated for me here. But that shows you that the ball was moving. And when the ball moves like that, one of the things we've talked about is spacing being an issue, not enough shooting in the starting lineup. You know, they take 33s per game. That's not enough. They took 30 in this one. But when the ball moves like that, When you let the ball do the work for you, finding the open man, crisp passes, everyone in sync, you saw it, whether it was Jose Alvarado dishing the ball, Herb Jones dishing the ball, Dyson Daniels dishing the ball, Jordan Hawkins dishing the ball. All of these guys had tons of assists in this game, right? Herb Jones with three. Jonas Valanciunas, point Jonas, seven in this one. Hawkins with four. Dyson Daniels with seven. Alvarado with four. Larry Nance Jr. with three. All of these were really strong performances and just the ball moving. And when the ball moves like that and there's off-ball movement, you saw Herb Jones cutting. You saw Larry Nance Jr. cutting. We'll talk more about Larry in the third segment here too. Just basically going out and executing. Knowing that the Dallas Mavericks were weak on the inside, they don't really have that kind of big man center to give them what they need on the defensive side of the ball. And that works here, right? And without that, you know, there was a gaping hole there for the Pelicans to take advantage of, and they absolutely did, right? No Derek Lively here for them is a big problem. Dwight Powell was torched in this one. You know, you have Maxi Kleba coming in off the bench, a big man for him, but this is his first game back from injury, basically, I think all year, you know, or for the most part of the year. There's no depth there. So it allowed Jonas, when you got the ball and played inside out, drew the defense because they were so worried about him. And then he passed out to open shooters or you just move the ball till you find the right guy or guys just being in sync. Jose knowing where to put the ball for these guys, right? Whether it's to Herb Jones for a corner three, whether it's to Jordan Hawkins and his off ball movement, it just leads to very good things. There are multiple ways to space a court. Three-point shooting is the easiest of that, right? And with Zion, you certainly need that because he changes the way that you play offense. But in this one, it was collapse the defense on Jonas, then move the ball around till you find an open shooter or a guy cutting. They did it. It was just simple, good execution against a team that was kind of playing down a little bit to them as well. So I loved what we saw. That says something, right? This opens up the argument here of the Pelicans being one of the deeper teams in the league. I don't think they're the deepest, 
I don't think they're the deepest. Trey Murphy said it the other day here that, you know, they feel that this is maybe the deepest team in the league or we need to put them in that conversation. Maybe. I don't know how many teams Jose is going to necessarily play on, but when he gives you that kind of energy and his shooting has been good this year, he keeps proving me wrong. When Najee Marshall brings that kind of energy off the bench to elevate this team, which he routinely does, you got to play him and he should be getting minutes, right? In the starting lineup, making an impact there too. And then when you find that Jordan Hawkins is capable of scoring 34 points on 19 shot attempts, that is absurd y'all that's real good efficiency there we love efficiency here six of 12 from three by the way he does more than just shoot he gets the line you know what let's talk about jordan hawkins coming up here next because you get it the pelicans played well they executed they took it to this dallas mavericks team that's a credit to them because by the way they got to their hotel at like 5 a.m after playing on the second night of a back-to-back, leaving Denver, flying straight to Dallas, probably getting very little sleep, and more or less just going right and playing this game. This is a heck of a win by a shorthanded team missing all of those good players. They should be proud of this one as a Pelicans fan. You should be proud of them too. Sometimes it just takes executing well, going out, playing hard, just 10 turnovers on the night compared to 29 assists. Fantastic performance all around. Let's talk about Jordan Hawkins, some of the other guys coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Jace Medical. Look, we come to here to this show to talk about basketball because it's fun. It's kind of escaping the crazy realities of real life. But let's talk about real life and preparing for it here for just a minute. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of like the worst flu seasons in over a decade. Other medicines as well, they're running out of. It's kind of scary, right? You can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone you love gets sick while a supply chain issue can them from getting life-saving medication they need. Everyone can be okay, though, because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others, stuff that could happen to all of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It's going to be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Look, throw it in your go bag for hurricane season which we're out of right now, but you never know for the future. If you're evacuating, maybe your doctor is too. You can't get medications filled. Jace case can be a lifesaver. So it's never been more prepared, um, never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com. Use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Offer code locked on for $20 off your order. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team here, whether it's trade targets, whether it's the X's and O's, whether it's just breaking down why they had a big win tonight versus the Dallas Mavericks after getting pummeled by the Denver Nuggets with the starters the night before. Plus, we'll do a shorter bonus segment here. It won't be the 30 minutes we did after the win over the Golden State Warriors, but we'll do a fourth bonus segment for all y'all hanging out here on the Locked On Pelicans YouTube page, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'll take your questions then, save them for the kind of bonus fourth segment. You'll see what I do where it's like I end the show, but we actually keep going. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll answer your questions here. I see a couple of good ones in the chat. Get to them coming up in a little bit. But if you're an everydayer, let me know in the comments. And if you're not, try being one. Listen Monday through Friday. 
Or if you listen one day a week, I don't know, listen two days a week. All those things help keep the show free and five days a week for y'all here. So what we thought was probably going to be a schedule loss for the Pelicans. That's why you look at the schedule and go like, they're not winning this game. Whether it's a tough team, whether it's the second night of a back-to-back, whether it's a lot of travel, whether it's injuries or other things, you just kind of look at that and go, yeah, like they're, they're not going to win this game. How many of y'all raised your hand in the chat thought that this was going to be a schedule loss because I did. Look, I'll be honest here. If they were going to lose, I was probably not going to do a live show now. But when they win like that, and it's kind of a bit of a surprise, but also not a surprise, right? This team has competed. They have played hard. Even against the Denver Nuggets, they were competing in the fourth quarter too little too late to try and get that win. Zion played very well in the fourth. You know, so if you thought this was a schedule loss, let me know. And then the Pelicans come out and surprise us like this. And this is a sign of growth. We'll get more into that in the third segment of today's show. We talk kind of tactical adjustments, what they were doing versus what they did wrong against the Denver Nuggets. This one, though, look, it's going to be a whole lot easier to win when you have a guy that plays like he did in Jordan Hawkins here. You know, the Pelicans rookie who's had... I want to say an up and down season, right? Because he's been, for the most part, very good, um, you know, with everything here. Did I, I said underhanded Pelicans win. Oh, okay. Sorry. That was on Twitter. Anyway, um, with the Pelicans, sorry, he's been not an up and down season. It's he's played relatively well, but he's been out there, but he's played, then he's been benched. Then he's gotten little minutes. Then he goes back to no minutes. It's been a roller coaster for him. But when you can go out and put up 34 points on 19 shots, how many players on the Pelicans team can do this? B.I. can do this. Zion can do this. C.J. can do this. Trey can do this. You have four guys that are capable of kind of exploding for points. You have a fifth that can come off the bench. That guy needs to be playing. Straight up, after this, it's a career high for the Pelicans rookie, right? This is the third, the Pelicans tweeted out, this is the third highest scoring game for a rookie this season, Think about that for a second. That's how well he's played. He needs to be in the rotation. They need more shooting around Zion Williamson, around Brandon Ingram, even around Jonas Valanciunas and when CJ's running that second unit. More of that's only going to be a good thing for this team. Hawkins provides it. We've seen some of the bench guys not give you the scoring that you need. Scoring is how you win in 2024 in the NBA. The defense is good. But the defense also allows them to get out in transition and run and score efficiently. And when you have guys that can't take advantage of that, it hurts you. Jordan Hawkins can't. You know, we look at sh- uh, shots per, or sorry, points per shot attempt a lot here, right? 34 points on 19 shots is incredible efficiency. It's about making the most of every possession. Teams, players are good in the NBA, right? So if you can get anywhere close to like 1.2 points per shot attempt, that's really good. If you can get above that, that's incredible. Anything over one and a half is awesome. You get close to two, you've had an amazing game. Jordan Hawkins in this one, the points per shot attempt was 1.789. So basically let's round it up and call it 1.8. Those are Zion Williamson-esque numbers. It comes from the three-point shot worth more than two. Adds up. But he does more than just score. He rebounded well in this one. He um, assisted, it passed the ball well in this one, right? He attacked the basket. It wasn't just the three-point shot, right? He got to the line attacking. He did everything. There was a well-rounded, complete offensive game for him here. And that's what you want to see from the rookie. That's how 
he's going to get into this lineup or should get into this lineup. It's worth noting that when David Griffin, vice president of basketball operations, basically the guy who runs the Pelicans, was on the broadcast on Friday saying, look, he hasn't played because defense has been hard. And they've really kind of hammered this point home. They talked about it, right? When he went down to the G League for a little bit, he says that he learned that defense is the most important thing to stay in on an NBA court. It is if your head coach is Willie Green. It's not necessarily if you play for somebody else. But look, when you score like this, when the Pelicans defense has not been a problem this season, you know, when you look at that, right, they need to play him more. When you have someone that can do that and is a threat, look at how he's already on the scouting report. Teams throw a guy on him. They decide the, the Dallas Mavericks, who don't have a ton of size, decided to try and go with some, and they put it on Jordan Hawkins instead of going after like a double team on a guy like Jonas Valanciunas. That kind of tells you everything about how well Hawkins was playing and who was scaring the Dallas Mavericks the most. That's an important thing to keep an eye on. He needs to be in the rotation more. Look, I love energy guys like Dyson Daniels, who played very well in this game. We'll touch on him in a moment here, right? You know, Jose, love, right? Look right there. You know, I also like Najee, but at this point, they don't have the explosiveness that Hawkins has. Play those guys, but you need to make sure that Hawkins is getting regular minutes. You'd like to see him get regular minutes with Zion Williamson, with maybe Trey Murphy too, Go back a couple of games, that game against the Golden State Warriors, right? Hawkins and Trey both played. They played on the court at the same time. And you saw a burgeoning two-man game between them, right? With two deep threats like that, incredible shooters out there. What are teams supposed to do, particularly if you have Zion Williamson out there? I get that Willie Green is worried about the defense and what's going to happen to it. But again, every lineup that they have thrown out there has delivered defensively. We're going to do a show this coming week focused solely on the defense. It's probably going to be like the Wednesday show. I want to break down exactly what they're doing defensively, why it's working. We're going to get into the X's and O's, the stats behind it. I think you can continue this defense with Jordan Hawkins out there. Don't forget, since that in-season tournament loss to the Lakers, right? They've had the number one defense in the league. If you can elevate your offense by a couple of spots, even if your defense goes from one to three, that's a good trade-off. And they're inching closer towards having a top 10 offense and a top five defense. You can get in the top 10 in both those categories. That's a really good thing. You can get into the top five of both of those. You're an elite team and going to be a, a title contender. They can do that, but it will require playing the rookie Jordan Hawkins more because we've seen Willie Green be a little bit stubborn. He's showing growth this season, right? But some of the lineups, particularly against the Denver Nuggets, we'll look at those in a minute, kind of the tactical acumen there was great in this game, not great against the Denver Nuggets. That's, to me, the difference of the wins and losses here, regardless of who is playing. But I think Hawkins at this point definitely needs to be playing more, right? He has looked good, and when you can explode for points like that against the Dallas Mavericks, who, again, sometimes have games like this. So let's take that for what it's worth. But when you look at the circumstances here, right, you know, of playing on the second night of a back-to-back, very little rest to go out and do that, they're going to be fine defensively. This team, I feel very confident because of the scheme that they run. And again, we'll do a whole show on this, can play Jordan Hawkins more and he should. The fact that he's just not one-dimensional, which look, is a surprise to me. 
I thought he was a good pick based on the shooting alone. Movement shooter, have a move off the ball, catch, shoot, go, you're good. Drain him, space the court, make teams pay, right? Those are the words I use here. But the fact that he got to the line eight times tonight, the fact that he got five rebounds, including three offensive boards to keep possessions alive, four assists, moving the ball, two steals, and six of 12 from three, He's got to be in the lineup. He's a well-rounded player, and I think it's surprising a lot of us, myself included, and that means you've got to play him more, and that's something this team really needs to be doing. He needs to be a fixture in the rotation going forward. Let me know if you agree or disagree here in the comments on the live episode of Locked On Pelicans here. One more segment to go. Let's talk about Valanciunas. Let's talk about kind of the tactical decisions the Pelicans did in this game versus the ones that went poorly for them against the Denver Nuggets. And then bonus fourth segment where I'll answer your questions. Say hi to y'all. Interact with the chat for a little bit here on a Saturday night. I appreciate everyone instead of going out, partying, getting in the Mardi Gras spirit, being here with me. More on this game, the Denver Nuggets game, than your questions coming up in today's bonus live episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. Basketball is underway, and it's the best time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place any $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets on any $5 bet, win or lose, you place a bet, you already won $150. There's no reason not to download that FanDuel app. I love it because it's super easy to use. It's laid out well, and I can find all of the different betting options that I want. I love the, the same game parlays. Jordan Hawkins to have more than 18 and a half points. I think it was his number in this one. And the Pelicans to win. You get a bigger payout when all of those things happen. You can find new bets in the Explore tab. They have the Parlay Hub to find the popular parlays that people are jumping on and so many more different options. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. Again, 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast. Comedy like nobody nobody else does. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available wherever you get your podcasts and right here on YouTube where you're joining me for a live show. And this is a lot of fun here. So this is absolutely great. Pelicans getting a somewhat unexpected win. But when you saw how they played, there you go. So if you're an everyday, let me know in the comments if you want, uh, if you subscribe or listen to it on the podcast form, rate it five stars, leave a comment there too. That helps do anything to support the channel. Tell a friend about the show because look, Pelicans are rolling right now. This could have been two losses for them. Instead, they go one-on-one, which I find to be a very big victory. And if you only listen one day a week, start listening two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, you'll get to five. We're going to give you the content you want. We're going to break down the Pelicans defense probably on Wednesday. We'll have, this is the Monday show. Tuesday will be a recap of the next Dallas Mavericks game on Monday, kind of midday game on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Tuesday show will be the recap of that. Wednesday we'll hopefully get into the defense barring some other unexpected news. But that's going to be a fun show. A lot of X's and O's talk. I'm excited to get into all of that and break it down because I think the Pelicans are a very good defensive team and I want you to know why? So tactical adjustments. That's what I got this one titled here on YouTube. 
Let me let me ask you this. Do you think, and this is a bit of a rhetorical question you can answer in the comments here, do you think Willie Green coached a good game against the Denver Nuggets? Denver winning 125-113. I don't think the final score was as close as that, right? The Denver Nuggets had a 22-point lead at one point in that one. Really 20 points throughout until Zion just decided to go off in the fourth quarter. Just a little too much, a little too late. Do you think Willie Green coached a good game? Nikola Jokic in this one had a triple-double in like 20 minutes of action here. You know, you had guys like Michael Porter Jr. just be everywhere. 20 points, 10 rebounds for him. Aaron Gordon, I thought, was great, shooting almost 60% from the field, right? You had Jamal Murray chipping in with 20 points. I don't think the Pelicans had a good game plan going in, and that was an example of Willie Green being probably a little bit too stubborn with what he likes to do. You know, you're down 22 points and he's running very defensive lineups that have no shooting and just make life difficult for Zion Williamson. One of the things I've said when people kind of criticize Zion this year is that I don't think he's actually been playing that poorly. I think that, you know, teams are just guarding him differently. There's a they're, they're focusing in on him more defensively than ever before. And it's leading to a lot of spacing issues and just making life harder for him to be able to go out and kind of do his thing. You can't, even as good as he is, can't score over four guys at the rim. So when it's Zion, Dyson Daniels, Najee Marshall, like, you know, someone else, and then another person, like you can't do anything about it because there's just no spacing. And those guys aren't going to hit shots to make teams pay for what they're doing to Zion. It's a problem, right? So when you're down 20 points, running a defensive lineup makes me go like, what are we doing here? You know, also the defensive game plan against Nikola Jokic seemed wrong. They always try, Willie Green has done this. They always try and play him very small. Jokic is the best player in the league. It's not a question. It's not a question that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league. He's a Hall of Famer already. He's probably the most unique big man we've ever seen in NBA history. And if you want to beat Denver, it revolves around disrupting him. I'm again, it's one of those things I always say, right? Like anyone other than Nikola Jokic can beat you. And they routinely let Jokic beat him. Remember a couple, was it last season, the season before they went to overtime against the Nuggets or they were beating the Nuggets and then they just refused to double team Nikola Jokic, let him just have the ball and he just scored and scored and scored and beat the team by that, right? It's one of those things here where you need to have a better game plan for your opponent. Now, one of the things that I think is a bit of a myth that people think about the NBA is that you have a different game plan like every single night. It, it really isn't the case, right? The Pelicans know what they do well defensively. They know what they do offensively. And you kind of just know what your strengths are and you try and go impose those on the game regardless of the opponent. You kind of go in for the most part with a very similar game plan just being like, we're good at this, so we're gonna do it no matter if that team, it's, it, whether it's working or not. You kind of just try and impose your will that way. But against a team like Denver, who's the defending champions, right? You do need to actually have a different game plan. When Jokic is capable of doing what he does, you need a defensive, a different defensive game plan. And playing small for the Pelicans just did not work. And once it wasn't working, the fact that they didn't change in the second half was very frustrating. They lost that game because I think Willie Green was outcoached. And that led to the players having problems. This game here against the Dallas Mavericks, the Pelicans knew what the advantage was. It was get the ball to Jonas, let him kind of work, and when the defense collapses in on him, 
Let's kick the ball out, move it around. It's why Hawkins was able to get some of the shots that he did. It's why Dyson Daniels was able to get the shots that he did. It's why Herb Jones was able to get a lot of the shots that he did in this game. And all of those guys, I thought, played very, very well. You know, same for Jose going three for eight in this one here. Those guys got open looks because of the way the team was playing. It was a smart def- it was a smart game plan by head coach Willie Green to know what their big advantage was here. Dallas don't have any good center depth whatsoever. Their starting center wasn't playing. There's no Luka Doncic to set those guys up. Pick on them. Pick on them big time. And the Pelicans did. And look at what it did. There's, they had no business winning this game. They had some business winning this game. But you get what I'm saying. No Zion. No CJ. No BI. You're missing your three best players. Trey Murphy's out. Four of your top five, top six guys are out. This was a schedule loss. And they didn't, they said, no way, right? They were like, no, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to go out and play hard. We're going to have a game plan. It's going to work. And they elevated the game for it. That's impressive by this team. That is Willie Green showing that he knows what it takes to win these games, but also that there's still room and growth. One of the things I have said, I am happy that, you know, this team isn't hitting their full potential yet. That sounds weird, right? I'm glad they're not as good as they could be. Just means there's room to grow. If this was their ceiling, right? If Willie Green coached a perfect game against the Denver Nuggets and they still lost by like 20, that's not great. Things different in that game, if they make some like way better changes, some kind of obvious changes that we would expect from them, they could have beaten the Denver Nuggets. Not saying they would have, they could have, right? Here, the Pelicans could have given up, but a, a smart game plan worked. They're still, this Pelicans team is like here and their ceiling is up here. That's actually not a bad spot to be in. I'd rather them have room to grow. You look at a team like, and this is an extreme example, the Detroit Pistons, right? Like where, where's that team got room to grow, right? You look at Dallas even where's their room to grow with the team that they have not just this game but other games too right are they hitting their ceiling it feels like they might be hitting their ceiling you know so that makes me feel confident about sacramento who new orleans has beaten four times already this season they're hitting their ceiling right like does that team have like another level i don't really think so the pelicans do That's what makes this team so scary. That's what should make you as a fan so excited for what this team is capable of doing. That's what, when I look at this and you want like kind of the the optimism about them, they're nowhere close to hitting their potential. Now, you need to actually hit it. It's one thing to say they have potential to do so much more, but you got to get there. The coach needs to make sure he's growing too. I think we've seen growth from Willie Green. We've seen growth from this team. We've seen growth from the players overall. And the fact that they're not hitting their ceiling when this team does, if it's an if, not going to guarantee that they do, but it's still not halfway through the season. They're in a good spot here, right? This team is now 24 and 16. You know, that puts them in a tie for fifth. That's a good spot. This is a quality team here, and yeah, I'm excited for what the future has. This win should make you very optimistic, too. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go, we're going to do a little Lockdown Pelicans after dark here. I'm going to wrap up the show. I'm going to hit the outro card. Stay on with me on YouTube. I'm going to get into the chat with you. 
That's coming up here next in a bonus just on YouTube segment here on Locked On Pelicans late on a Saturday night. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. This is the Locked On Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Recap the game on Tuesday. This is the Monday show. Defense on Wednesday. It's going to be a fun week here. Let's start to answering your questions coming up next on YouTube, or if you're listening on the podcast form, I'll see you next time.